Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means, and the other one is along for the ride. And oh shit, Kirk's here. <laughs> He's not saving seals. What up, Kirk? What's up? <laughs> How are you? I'm good, man. I uh, the word on the street is in your you're in a championship game. Yeah, we made the championship. Won the semifinal yesterday, and my body feels like I got hit by a bus. So. From all that's the celebration, 30. that's thirty years old there, right? <laughs> well, you don't need a bus. You got a Honda yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, that that's the highlight of the weekend. The Honda, the Honda release. Honda these nuts. <laughs> I listened to the first three songs and I couldn't. I couldn't. I, to, I started I started listening to the Jesus part two one. There's a couple it got kind of preachy. Get godded or be godded or be friended godded or whatever. Song number three was a little little something too. There's a lot of like random well not really random but just like songs that like I'm not really going to listen to a whole lot but there's some songs that are pretty good. What song should I put on as soon as I'm done with this? Um, I think I think you'd like Jail, which oh, I think Jay- you've heard. With Jay-Z? Yeah. Jay-Z's then, verse was all right on it. And then Moon has Kid Cudi in it. All right, I'll listen to Moon. And then uh, Jesus Lord is one of my favorites. And then... Part one or part two? Uh, well, part one's like more listenable because it's shorter like they're one's like nine minutes long the other one's 11 minutes long so <laughs> oh kanye um hurricanes all right and then there's i think it was like i don't know i don't i'm not too familiar with all the names yet but yeah, so there are some bangers as the kids would say yeah there's a few in there okay Definitely not the first title track when he just goes Donda, 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 Donda. All right. No, no Kanye. Sick of that man. <laughs> hi, hi, James. How are you? Living the dream. If you could be any Rockies for Rockies player for one day, which player would you be? Active player. Trevor Story. Why? Be the fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> just know it. And if, hang on, wait. Let me retract that. Uh, I'm going to be McMahon. Why? Because he, like, he's a man and he knows it and he wears his hat like the fucking baller. So I'm going to go with that. He always wears his hat like this. Backwards, but never fully down. It is never by by the eyebrows. It it always has like an inch gap between the eyebrows. That's how I imagine I would wear a hat if I had the swag of a major league baseball player. And he does have a quiet swag about him. He does. And he's a stud right now, so I'll go with that. All right. All right. Kirk? Uh, Garrett Hampson. Nice. You want to be fast? Fast utility, dude. Just kind of plays a little bit of everything. Yeah. Be called on in any situation. I think I would want to be two parts. I think I'd either want to be Connor Joe. Because I want to know what it would be like to be that happy. 
<laughs> like, dude just has a good time. And right, then, yeah, like, that's, that's depressing. Yeah, do you need a therapist? Do you need somebody to talk no, to? No, I'm not saying I'm not happy. I'm just saying he's super happy. Like, I don't think I've <laughs> ever hit that amount of happiness. And I married yeah, two kids. Like, I don't think I've ever got there. Okay, what's part two? <laughs> <laughs> the other end of the spectrum, Carlos Estevez, and just throwing heat, but having no idea where it's going to go. <laughs> it sounds absolutely electric. It's more like a Justin Lawrence type of thing. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, Carlos and stuff is though. Just the name Wild Thing too would be pretty sweet. Hey, Wild Thing, yeah. and I turn around, and it's me. It's kind of cool. He really needs to lean into that and, and adopt the walk up and everything. I would love to see the lightning bolt haircut. Maybe get some crossbone glasses. I don't see how he would not be able to pull it off. Good. I'm just saying, lean into it, Carlos. If you're listening, Carlos, let us know you're listening. Which we know you are. We know you're there. Just say what's up, big dog. And uh, do the lightning. Yeah, by, right. by now, pretty much anybody associated with the Rockies is watching this. So Pretty much all... Oh, the entire front office is definitely there. Yeah. Dick still hasn't got back to my email about coming on. Well, that's just, that's what he does to everybody in the organization. So I'm shocked. (laughs) Busy putting up applications for laundry detergent. That didn't make any sense. Um, (laughs) Taylor uh, Motter was designated for assignment today. And I mean, Mater didn't do much when he was called up. Wasn't expecting him to do much. Just a old journeyman going back and forth around the minors and finally gets the call up. Never got the full chance. But it opens up the 40-man roster for an open position. We have a few few people that could come on here, according to Danielle Allentuck, who enlightened us. Peter Lambert, Jordan Sheffield, and Ryan Rawlinson are possible call-ups. DL's IL stance are coming coming to an end. Who would you rather like to see and why to fill in that 40-man roster? I think it's Lambert coming back from his injury. That's what I think it is. I think Rawlinson's gonna be up, but it'll be a couple couple days when rosters expand for sure, and then he'll be up. But I think it's Lambert coming off the IL. I have no evidence or <laughs> of info to back that up at all. I think it'll be Sheffield just because he was on the active roster when he got hurt. So like, it's not really, you know, burning any service time if he does get called up, but the Lambert is interesting too, because we've been rocking Chi Chi all year. So maybe you slide Lambert back in there and see what he's got. Um, but I just think Sheffield makes the most sense because we need bullpen help. And um, yeah, that's, that's the main thing is the bullpen help. And he was already active. Right. It would be great to have Chef back. He was doing really well. If he comes back, do they slot him in 
for the eight nine spot. Like eighth inning, ninth inning, since Barta's been shaky at best, and Carlos is Carlos. It looks like Shashin has got that eight spot kind of on lock right now. I feel like. So I feel like they'll start in the seventh, and then if he's doing well, then he'll obviously progress up. But you think Chef would just go automatically to the six, seven, eight role? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he'd definitely be one of our like go-to arms for sure. At least he was before he got hurt. See how he does coming back off the injury, though. Could you imagine like he him establishing himself like as the go-to man out of the pen and just feeling good about that? Like instead of seeing Tyler Kinley come in, you get Sheffield. <laughs> Yeah, that would be really that we've been missing that ever since like Ottavino left. We really haven't had that with anybody that I've been like, okay, this is going to be a good inning. But Ottavino, I felt that way every time he was on the mound. Felt that way with Oberg a little bit. Same. At the end. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's been a long time since we had a consistent person that you felt comfortable handing the ball to in a tough situation. Because Bard. Bart is a little shaky right now. He's a shaky board right now. Um, this might be a different conversation. Maybe this is the next thing, but let's dive into it. Um, do the Rockies front office, if everything stays the way it is, because Bill Schmidt is front runner 101 for the GM, do the Rockies address the bullpen in free agency? Anytime I wonder what the front office is going to do, I say – I say, what would a competent front office do? And if, and if I, whatever answer I arrive to, I go with the opposite. And that's, that's the rocks. No matter who's in there. I'd actually be interested to see what relievers are going to be out there on, on the market. Um, Cause I mean, there's just not usually a whole lot of good. Usually if you got a good bullpen arm, you lock them up when they're good, you know? So I don't know. It's I could see us going and signing somebody like like a Michael Gibbons type type arm, but I don't think we're going to be making any waves. Well, you have to consider the context of what Breidich did, you know, bringing in three top market relievers and all of them being a bust. There's no way anybody in the organization has the balls to make a free agent splash. For a reliever it's just not going to happen everything's going to be everything's going to be veteran deals and homegrown stuff and honestly that's probably the way it needs to be when it comes to relievers yeah especially with relievers like you just never really know what you're going to get because they're so up and down from year to year so well I, and they, I'm, I'm fine with that like if we can just piece together guys like sheffield and maybe Almonte, you know, guys like that. Go ahead. What? And that's where the list stops. Oh. Trying to make trying to be funny. Okay. Continue. Kirk, sorry. No, that's 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 it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like Estevez, you know, stuff like Ben Bowden is it's just you just hope one of those guys break out and have one of those shutout years. Yeah, and I mean, you just never know until they actually pitch at Coors Field. So, like, 
I don't know. It's just really tough. Guys that go Coors Field and they're not very good, and then they go off and they're good other places. Like Rex Brothers is at the tail end of a crappy Cubs bullpen. Jake McGee's getting the saves in San Francisco, the best team in the freaking league. Um, Wade Davis was in the ninth the other day. I mean, what is going on? <laughs> what, what even is this? So can't sign anybody. You just got to trial and error with the bullpen. Right. Does the staff just decide to do a different approach with the bullpen? Because I was seeing, I don't know enough about it, but I saw like the reason dude man's being successful in the Giants organization because they asking him to throw high heat and change his approach to hitters and like actually leaning into what his stuff is where the Rockies didn't seem to do that when he was here. So is it almost like we make an addition by doing nothing, by just changing the mentality of the, the bullpen? Like if the pitching staff actually changes some stuff? Like that I, think, I think if you, if you learn from anything of the past with our bullpen is when we get somebody that shows up and performs well in Coors, you have to keep them here. You can't let them go like Ottavino, even like Greg Holland, you know, guys like that. Like you just can't let them go. And they never seem to extend relievers at all. Never. And uh, I know we talked about that in the past, but like once you find a good reliever that can be good in Colorado, keep them here. Right. But like you said, we had a good Almonte last year. We had a good Bard last year. And here we are, like everything's shaky year to year. So like common sense says change the approach. Do something different as a staff. Maybe we should go to a four man rotation. We should no. try out a four man rotation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Fun fact, 75, 75 pitch limit. <laughs> Can't even get out of the third inning that way. Remember that, that? Just, remember that, that debacle. <laughs> That's awful because, like, then you got Herman Marquez, like, our best player, period, <laughs> getting pulled in, like, the fifth. Ooh. Okay, well, let's just try it the other way then. Let's go six-man rotation, 135 pitches each. That, that makes more sense. Not the 135 pitches, but. <laughs> <laughs> you get an extra day. Come on. You earned it. I mean, they could easily go six-man rotation, right? Like for September? Yeah, I mean, theoretically. Get Chi Chi out of there and put in Lambert and Rawlinson in and do a six man? I don't know. I don't think I've seen enough of Chi Chi to really make a determination if I like him or not. I think he's pretty much shown what he is. And that's just like a. Oh, five. oh so you're satisfied. You've seen enough, huh? <laughs> he is like a five starter. That's like. He's a sponsor. You want, you want somebody better, but if he's if you can't find anybody, then there he is. He'll give you a five or six ERA and a couple wins here and there. Choo choo. I'll just be rolling into the in the bullpen. Choo choo, motherfucker. Chi Chi's here. Fucking Chi Chi. I, I mean, I, I don't mean to badmouth Chi Chi. He's he's been great, but I mean, no, he's not somebody that's should be part of a winning staff. Right. He's he's the spot starter that fills in bull, long relief when you need a bullpen session and all that. He's he's decent for like what he's expected to be. So yeah, it's a great. He's a good role piece for sure. Yeah, 
Exactly. As long as that role is not in the starting rotation. Right. When you have talent like Lambert and Ralston ready to go. Be interested to see what the Rockies do with the extended rosters in September. They probably won't do anything smart, like you said. Like, are they actually going to play anybody and try to see what they have? They really should. Like, a year like this, they really should. Right? There's nothing to lose. Like, you're not playing (laughs) for anything. Well, yeah, and that moves into our next piece about what this season is and what we want it to be over the last month. I'm a little irritated because I was told that even though – this team was built to compete. It was going to be somewhat of a rebuild. And if we're planning to rebuild, we're not really doing that at all. I mean, not in terms of, of draft positioning or anything like that. Tanking. Absolutely none of that. Who, who told you that, though? Uh, I don't know. Some guy, <laughs> Rick? Rick? Dick, Dick? Dick said we were uh, rebuilding? Mon. He said something like that. I don't recall, but just some guy (laughs) that happens to own a freaking major league baseball team. Yeah, very well. It's very successful at it. Well, he's successful at making money. Did you see Rockies are like sixth in attendance this year? (laughs) So I mean, they're killing it, dog. They're top ten, bro. It's fun to go to a game. It 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 is. It's different. That's part of the problem because he's so content on just. There is one fan base that I think is having a worse time with their owner, which is kind of funny to me to go and watch kind of um, peripherally, periphery. The periphs. Yeah, on the periphs. There we go. On the periphs. <laughs> that's the Los Angeles Angels. Nobody. I don't know. They might give us a run for money on who's going to get the owner to sell the team first. I thought you were going with the, the Mets. Oh, that's a – yeah, Dude, that's, that's a player. That's a player issue, and yeah, and your owner's a complete jackass on Twitter. But I mean, at least at least the Mets <laughs> two weeks ago thought they were going to win the NL East. So, right, things could be worse. Is that worse? Would you rather be the in the Mets position right now or the Rockies position right now? Mets, because the Mets will spend money, and that makes you happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but would you want to be would you want to be rooting for somebody that's going to give you a thumbs down when they do something cool like what um, if Trevor Story hits a bomb he just goes at the fans <laughs> he wouldn't Dude, be doing that because I wouldn't be one of those fans so you know I don't think I don't think we boo I don't think out of the three of us I don't think we're booers uh, that reminds me of uh, Jason Hirsch when he was talking about Colorado fans. Like, yeah. I don't – of course, I think our fans are awesome, but, you know, I don't know all 30 fan bases so intimately to, like, make this call. But, like, our fans are pretty good. But for the most part, I understand that, like, we're not the most intelligent fan base. I don't think we're the stupidest. But um, baseball-wise and smarts and things like that, like, I don't think we stack up to, like, a place like St. Louis or something like that. But right. I don't think we're, we're a holes either. No. I mean, so I can only recall like a couple times in my fandom that the Rockies crowd has gotten kind of unruly. Unruly. God damn it. Unruly. Yes, with words a player. Yeah. yeah, words are really hard, especially when you mumble and don't open your mouth. 
I do appreciate that about the Rockies fans, like just in general, like the Nolan it's thing. Really kind of, chill. I mean, there's it's Colorado to the T, right? And it's, would, just, they but, okay, so like I would rather be a like a fan of the bet situation, but like I'm more proud of like being a Rockies fan than being a Mets fan, you know, like they're kind of like total opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, right. I agree with that. We, I mean, we're, we're an angry fan base, but we're just mad at ownership in the front office. We're still going to go out and support the players. because We know it's not their thing. You know, like we're mad at Dick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like when we gave uh Nato a standing O yeah yeah like we've always been we've always been a relatively class like denver in general has been a relatively classy you know i I, you don't really hear of too many things bad about our fan base right no i do remember there was that padres fan that uh sucker punched the rockies guy and it went viral i don't think that was on the rockies guy though if i'm i don't yeah that guy was hammered. <laughs> the Rockies fan or the Padres fan? I didn't see the Rockies fan. <laughs> Nobody saw him. But the yeah. Padres fan, dude, he was hammered. I mean, he, he landed that thing flush. For yeah, him. he did. But going back to the original question, what, what, where would you rather be right now? And you were going full tank. And I never wanted full tank. I wanted as many wins as possible, but like once July 31st said, we absolutely did nothing. I'm a little salty that we're winning all of a sudden. Like August was a pretty decent month for Colorado. And here we are winning. We're 10 games under 500, possibly seven games under 500 at the end of this Rangers series. Cause they're terrible. And then we just repeat the process, right? Front office well, is at it again. We're competitive. We're only a few arms away. We just need one more bat and we're good. And you can just re- hit the button, the rewash cycle on the washer again, and here we are. And that's so irritating. It is so irritating because ownership in the front office at the beginning of the season, they told us that this was a team that was going to compete deep down, knowing that the team wasn't good enough to compete. So then they were like doing a rebuild on the low key while in public saying, oh, no, we're not. We're not doing that, blah, blah, blah. And then we win more than we're supposed to. So we're actually better than what they said. And then they don't make any moves to get it any better. So now we're just like stuck in this weird purgatory and I don't like it. I'm comfortable. No, it absolutely sucks. Absolutely sucks. So Kirk, you're the one that wants all the dubs. Like, are you still rooting for dubs right now? Absolutely. Cause I don't like at the end of the day, the draft picks, like it's not like football or even like the NBA, like, one draft pick is not going to change your organization unless, you know, I mean, it could, but what's the difference between a pick in the twenties compared to the tens, you know, I'll give you a really good example. Houston Astros tanked for a couple of years, right? They got the number one pick and they went and got Carlos Correa. Would you say that that's a franchise changing pick? Yeah, but like that's, yeah. They played it perfectly. You can say, like, they kind of lucked out because they don't know what it's going to be, which is, I, I mean, it's fine. The odds aren't in their favor. But in that scenario, it worked perfectly. 
as far as tanking, getting a pick, winning a championship. And I could argue that it's working in Detroit right now too. They're tanking. Their pitching staff is going to be electric for the next three, four years. Dude, the Orioles. The Orioles. I don't even know if they're going to win forty-five freaking games, but they have the number one farm system in the league. Like, at least that fan base has that to put in their back pocket. We don't have any, nothing. We got a couple prospects that we like internally and a bunch of guys that we talk about and we're excited about, but the rest of baseball isn't talking about them. Our farm system's 26 right now. Mm. And that's with the, the new addition of the uh, Montgomery pick. And I mean, it's just not a lot to hang your hat on. Yeah. But like, what are you going to do? Because like we weren't going to trade Herman Marquez, you know, and like you wouldn't, you wouldn't want that to happen anyway. And like, you're going to win games because we have decent talent all around. We just don't have a lot of really great players. So it's like, I don't know, not trading story was a mistake, but besides that, like, what do you expect them to do? Not go out there and perform? No, it's definitely not. It's not on the players. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch them. I'm just thinking about it from a more kind of strategic point of view. But I mean, it's fun to watch them play. And really, I'm not mad that they didn't trade John Gray or they didn't trade Marquez. I I do think the the non Trevor Story trade was just like a ridiculous. I mean, even Trevor Story took a day off just to like mentally recoup from what the hell is this? Like, what are you guys doing? I don't know. So. I don't know. I'm just being pessimistic, I guess. I, just, I don't know. I guess I just look at it from a fan point of view, and it's like they're going to do what they're going to do. Let's. I just want them to win when I'm watching them. You know, it's like I'm never going to want them to lose. So yeah. it is what it is kind of a thing. Winning's more fun. Oh, definitely. But, like, winning the World Series would be super fun. And if – you know, like, and if we get a if we get a draft pick closer to the ones and the twos, the odds of that pick working out, I think, theoretically, should be higher than somebody in the twenties or thirties, right? Theoretically, I don't know what the numbers. I, I, I have but a like, hypothetical. I have a hypothetical for both of you. Oh, please give us. Say the next five years, you have a choice. Either in the next five years. The Rockies make the playoffs four out of those five years, get close to 100 win seasons, um, but they go to the playoffs, but they get bounced in the first or second round each time they make it. Or you could bear five more losing seasons, and then we hit the World Series on the sixth and have a chance to, to win a World Series. Which one are you taking? That's fun. We kind of did that in 2007, 2008, and a little bit in 1718. Well, I've definitely taken the World Series opportunity without a doubt. I mean, it's it's kind of like comparing it to the Broncos, like the whole Peyton Manning era. Like, it's like, hey, this is our shot. We got one. And then now that they've been bad for the last three or four years, it's like, I don't even care. Like, you got that ring. Like, I'm good for another 15 years, honestly. <laughs> You know, but like, I think like if you, it's hard to say because like the theoretical question is like, 
we would we would get bounced from the playoffs every year. Like obviously, if you know that's gonna happen, then yeah, you're always you're obviously gonna take whatever's gonna get you closer. Okay. I mean, it's like the Nuggets with Carmelo made the playoffs however many years in a row and got bounced in the first round every time. That was fun though. <laughs> it was. Well, we made the Western Conference Finals. Like you know? that's fun. Give me, give me, a, give me either one of those scenarios, right? Don't give me what, either uh, one. Don't give me one of the. Don't give me what's happening right now. Just mediocrity for forever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, here we are, just 70 wins, 80 wins in the NL West, mind you. Like, that's not going to cut it, right? We're never going to be in the playoffs consistently. We're never going to tank completely to go to the World Series. We're right in the middle. So, give me either one of those scenarios not happy. I would lean, honestly, I think I would lean the 100 hundred games playoffs. Okay. I mean, I just, I hope we make a series again before, before I croak. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, see, I just don't think the thing that really sticks out with teams making the world series consistently is spending money. I mean, you got the Rays and the, A's and stuff that don't do that, but we don't have the organization to do that, you know? So, like, we tank, and, like, it, it's a different scenario because we don't have the same front office as these teams that are making smart picks and having them and developing them. All I'm going to say is that Tampa Bay Rays fans do not deserve that team. <laughs> they don't deserve yeah. it. They don't well, deserve like Tropicana Field doesn't deserve them. And you know what? I'll even go a step further. The Oakland A's. No. Their fans don't deserve, don't deserve that team. I don't know about that now. You watch yourself at the Oakland A's fan base. <laughs> but like, I've been watching they they them. They're like 29th in attendance. Look at the Marlins, though. It's such a pain like, in the ass to get to the Coliseum. We just got to have one of those Marlins years where we just go all in, blow every cent Monfort can fish out of his ass and, <laughs> and try to win one. And then, like, if you want to just be mediocre for the next 10 years, fine, you know? Yeah, but, like, you know, the Marlins, the Marlins are able to do that because they have such a good farm system consistently. And they tank. They tank, get a good farm system, and then they trade those pieces for, like, for really good – pieces in return and then they, well, make we, a run. they make a run once every 10 years and that's how their franchise works and we, we have two world series have, to prove it how does our franchise work we don't know it doesn't <laughs> that's what we don't know i would like to like compare like the other you know that marlins team compared to our team and see you know if we went out like we kept nolan and really made a push to win if we had like a similar team because like we have the pieces we just need a couple of dudes that's it which team do you want to compare i'll look into it like this year, this year compared to like the marlins so marlins, how does or, how does 2021 rockies stack up to the year the team that the marlins won 
Yeah, as far as like just the players, players. and the talent, you know. Okay. I'll look into that. That'll be my weekly project. I'll be down with that. Because like that, I mean, that was that was James's scenario, right? Would you rather be the Marlins win the World Series than completely tank? Or would you rather be, <laughs> for example, the Dodgers, right? They were there three or four times and they finally won it. I'm taking the Dodgers then. No, the, the Dodgers wasn't the scenario. Yeah, that was too good. It needs to be no. the A's. It needs to be the A's. Maybe the Rays a little. The Rays actually made the series not too long ago. Right. But the A's seem like they are really good and they get bounced almost immediately. The one thing about being a Rockies fan is that we do end up loving our players because we know that they're going to be here, right? Like Nolan's – I mean, for, they're going to be here for a long time. Nolan, Ubaldo. We got Chuck, right? McMahon's probably going to be here for a hot minute. Going to grow and love B-Rod and all that. Like, we have these players that are going to be around forever. Like, we have at least four more years of Marquez. Like, we get that as a fan. Like, that's fun. But, like, if you're a Rockies fan and you're expecting it to win, this isn't fun. But, like Kirk said, get your wins, fall in love with the players, not a bad time. Uh, honestly, honestly, I don't really, I don't mind the whole make the, like what we were doing in 2009 and like 2017 19 was like, I'm fine with that. Like if we get in, you got a chance. So as long as we're putting ourselves in that position, I'll take that. So you're completely comfortable with where you are. Well, <laughs> like, to, to Aaron's point, <laughs> Aaron's point, it's not all, it really isn't all about winning and losing at the end of the day. I know that's what we talk about the most, but there are, you know, a lot more to it than, than wins and losses. Okay, think about it this way, though. As long as you get in, like, you have a chance. So, it's the same with the Dodgers. Like, they got in, and they were blowing a ton of money, trying every year. And they, they, they've only got one to their name in the last, you know, 20 years or whatever you know so like to be in the same position of just getting into the playoffs and seeing what happens like that's all you really want as a team especially in baseball right but you have to be able to get into the playoffs which we have multiple times in the last three or four years since 18 we didn't make it to 19 did we we made 17 17 and 19, wasn't it? 17, 18, 19. Or 17 and 18. We went back to back years. Yeah. So it's been a few years and uh and that's what that's what was so disappointing about last year and how that turned out because like we had the pieces. It's just and we showed it the first month and then I don't know. Whatever. Rocky's Rocky syndrome. Yeah. Rocky syndrome. There we go. <laughs> we just created the Rocky syndrome. Yeah, it's wild. Like, what do you want out of being a fan? It's interesting, like, to think about because there are just angry people about being fans of a Rocky. Like, you literally get to choose the team you get a root for. You have all the power in the world to change who you want to go root for. And you choose the Rockies and you choose to be mad about rooting for the Rockies. Get the fuck out of here. Like, 
I never, I never understood it. Like you can be salty, you can be angry, but like in the end, you better be happy that you're following the team and the players, right? There's just people out there that are just mad and they're like, oh, you're a fan of the Rockies? Yeah, just fucking suck. Crouchy old curmudgeon dudes. I think we'd, I think we'd all love, we'd all love to like be in the Dodgers position where in the Padres where they're blowing money and trying to win every year. But like at the same time, I kind of like, being in that same category as like the Rays and stuff and squeaking in and making something happen. Like that kind of team is just more fun for me to be a fan of. Is your favorite movie Dumb and Dumber? It's up there. <laughs> You're saying we have a chance. <laughs> like everything you just described, just saying if we have a chance and if we get that chance, let's fucking roll. And straight up, I, I dig that mentality. I'm down with that. Just frustrating. Yeah, I mean, as fans, and we can't control anything. So we might as well just... Think, think if we tanked in the 07 year, traded Helton, you know, did all that, and then we win 20 straight games. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You know, it's happened. <laughs> I mean that's fair. That's fair. Didn't happen this year. It's weird. All right, we'll end it with that. Let us know what you what you take out, your listeners. What you take out of being a fan? Like, what are you going for? What are you rooting for? Leave it in the reviews. Give us a, a five star with that. On the tail end of this, as soon as I'm done talking here, um, we got Willie McIver on the on the mic. James and uh, Kirk sat with him probably about a month ago, three weeks ago, and just talked ball and perfect timing, right? Dude, man's a fantasy football guru. Is he sent you that list yet, James? No, but I bet if he asked him for one, he'd give it to us. All right, Mike, uh, send that email, please. Or Willie, if you're listening. Willie's people listening. Give him to send us that uh, fantasy draft. Ours is coming up on Sunday, and I have done absolutely no research. It's all just luck anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not a total idiot. Luck with that. Pick Teddy B. No. <laughs> Teddy B. Teddy B, first round. <laughs> no. <laughs> all those check down, baby. <laughs> I heard a stat. He only averages one TD a game, like in his entire career. That's crazy. But, like, what kind of weapons has he had? I, I don't know anything about Teddy. I know he played in Minnesota. Minnesota he, he had some weapons, and he made the playoffs. So He probably played with Randy Moss, didn't he? He's been around that long. I don't think he had Randy Moss, <laughs> but I think they still had Adrian Peterson. And was it Stephon Diggs at that time? He definitely had Stephon Diggs. And they had a good tight end. Was it Rudolph? Yeah, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. Well, didn't Teddy back up, back up Breeze a couple years ago? Yeah. yeah. New Orleans? You can't tell me he didn't have any weapons doing that. Right. Yeah, and he tore it up when he He filled it nicely. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bronco, the Broncos got weapons. All right, yeah, we're off topic. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow, let us know if you follow Kirk's uh, fantasy advice and draft Teddy Bridgewater. 
uh, send us a screenshot when you do in the first round. All right. Enjoy the conversation <laughs> with Willie Mack. Obviously, we need that sleeper list. Willie, um, holler at your boy. And um, sit back, enjoy, and go rocks. Woo! <laughs> So the first thing I want to talk to you about, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were in the Futures game recently, and I'm assuming that's, you know, one of your top baseball moments so far. Um, so I'm just wondering, how'd you get the call? Who told you? What was your reaction to that? Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely one of the one of my more fond memories during my baseball career. But uh, we were in, uh, it was when I was in Spokane, we were in Hillsboro, I believe. And I woke up at about 11 a.m. to four missed calls from Chris Forbes, who's our farm director now. Um, and so I was like, you know, number of things going through my head. Like, this could be anything. And so I got, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I just slept through four phone calls. And then so I call him. He kind of makes fun of me a little bit for sleeping through the calls. And then uh, told me I was going to the Futures game. And uh, that was obviously – I wasn't expecting it at all. So it was really, uh, really cool. And it told me not to tell anybody for about a week or so, which was kind of hard, but I, he told me I could tell my parents so they could make a arrangements to come out, but uh, definitely a surprise and a great surprise. Yeah. I imagine that's a pretty tough uh, secret to try to keep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm assuming that's your first visit to Coors Field, correct? No, I was actually, uh, Last during COVID, I was at the alternate site and we did quite a bit of uh, inner squatting at Coors Field. We do it at about eight or nine in the morning uh, before the big league team had their game. So it wasn't my first time at Coors Field, but every time you show up to Coors Field, it's pretty cool. You know, it's a really awesome stadium and really cool place to play. But it was my first time playing in front of fans there, which is a whole different environment and it was yeah, awesome. a whole that's a whole different yeah. thing yeah um so i guess kind of where i want to go from here is kind of your transition from spokane to, to hartford because you started out really well and um you get to hartford and you hit three home runs your first game there um so what's the adjustment been like for you well um the the beauty of having a big game like that early is you build some confidence like hey I know I, I have the ability to succeed at this level um, and now obviously going through a little bit of a rough patch here the past month um, humbles you a little bit and and forces you to make some adjustments that in the long run are gonna um, be the best for my development into a big league player so you know I know it's it's been a little bit of a tough patch here this past month but I think I've learned a lot and I'm learning a lot. I'm getting better every day. And uh, I feel like I'm about to break out and start uh, start doing what I – being myself and playing the way I should be playing. So a um, little bit of an adjustment period for me, but uh, everyone's got those ups and downs during the course of their baseball season and career. So um, just trying to keep a good attitude, um, be a good teammate, and eventually the hits are going to start coming. So – you know, my main focus right now is being as good as I can defensively and doing all I can to help this team win, whether that be from um, a game calling standpoint or um, doing my job on defense behind the plate. So um, 
I've had a good time here. Hartford is an awesome place to play. The fans here are phenomenal. Um, the competition is good, but, you know, it's not overwhelming. And uh, the team's good. You, If you're hanging around the locker room, you wouldn't be able to tell whether we were 20 games under 500 or 20 games over 500. So uh, it's been cool for me to see the attitude of this team stay up, even though it's been a little bit of a rough season out here. Um, so, you know, the future I feel like is going to be good and we're going to keep pressing. We're going to keep grinding. We're going to start winning some games here. Do you feel like the adjustment period is even harder to overcome being a catcher because you have so many different other things to think about, whether it's the, your new pitchers that you have to learn and learn how to call for them and stuff like that. And just the whole defensive aspect of it. It's just like the all around position where you could definitely see some, some learning curves at each level. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, learning. I know I've caught a lot of these guys before, but not in a, a season setting. So it's a little different. Um, and just learning how each guy goes about their business, what pitches they like to throw. Um, the scouting report's a little more advanced, so there's a little more preparation going into each game. Uh, that's kind of been the biggest learning curve for me is is uh, the game calling aspect. And, and I think every day um, there's, a, there's a lot to learn and you're going to make some mistakes. And, and as long as I'm learning from those mistakes, you know, I'm doing, doing my job well. So uh, definitely it's, it's not easy, but it's fun. You know, and that's the, the great part about being a catcher is you get to go through that. And whether the pitcher's having success or whether the pitcher's having failure, you feel like you're a part of that, which is, you know, why I love being a catcher so much. But it is another, you know, added um, added thing to kind of have to improve on every day. So there's definitely a lot going on, but I think I'm putting myself in a, a good position to get better as a catcher in the baseball so, like you said, you definitely love being a catcher. I know you played some other positions in the past. Do you miss playing other uh, elsewhere on the field or just happy with no. being a catcher? No? I love – I love I, – I don't miss being a third baseman, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> I love catching, but especially at this level. Like, those guys are hitting some rockets at third base, and I'd rather – I'd rather be behind the plate any day working on that instead. Because, you know, you're catching, you're in every pitch, you're helping the pitcher. Third base, you're standing over there, getting ready to have someone hit a missile at you. So um, <laughs> definitely don't miss playing third base. But uh, I still I still brag to the other infielders that I could pick it over there if I needed to. <laughs> so you went to the uh, Futures game with uh, Mike Tolia, and he, you guys, I think your time overlapped a little bit in the Pac-12. So I'm just wondering what the relationship is there. Are you guys good buddies? Are you just acquaintances because you're in the same farm system? What's that like? We, uh, we became good buddies this season in Spokane. And um, throughout, he was at the alternate site too. So I kind of got to know him a little more there. And um, this year we were actually roommates in Spokane. So I got to know him real well. We became pretty close friends. But when we were in college, it was – always playing against each other. The first time I played against him was in the West Coast League, which is a college league out in the Northwest. Um, I was just finishing my freshman year at Washington, and he was an incoming freshman at UCLA. And um, we 
we always talk about going against each other in that league because um, I just remember him hitting. And, and when he came up to the plate, too, and I, he had a different sound off his barrel that even that when I was pitching, I was like, I know this guy's got something special in his back. He hits the ball hard. And uh, we talk about because we our teams went against each other and had some really close games. And I think our team's almost got in a brawl at one point during that summer. So uh, there's a lot of fun competition memories. And, and I still give him a lot of talk, a lot of smack because we took two out of three from him uh, at UCLA when I was at Washington. Both the all or my freshman and my sophomore year, we took two out of three from him. I think they got us two out of three my junior year, but um, we won more than we lost against those guys. So it's always fun. And then we also went to the College World Series, and they could never do that either So uh, when I was there. So that's always fun. Yeah, you got to rub his nose in a little bit. So did you hear the news about him today? I did. He's coming coming out to Hartford. I actually just uh, earlier this morning FaceTimed him and, and talked to him about possibly his living situation and making sure he's all uh, ready to go. And I'm sure he is. And he's going to come out here and give his team a boost for sure, um, both defensively and at the plate. So I'm excited to see him out here. Yeah, just giving him the lay of the land. Yep, yep. Kind of. We have a nice little setup in Hartford in our apartments. Almost the whole team lives in the same complex. So I think a room will open up and and he'll be able to move in. Shouldn't be too difficult. So uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to playing with him again. Of course. Um, you mentioned the the College World Series. What was that experience like? That is my probably one of my most fond my my best baseball memory to this. Eight still. Um, I'd say winning the Super Regional at Cal State Fullerton was was the best memory. I mean, that was one of the crazier games I've been a part of. And the atmosphere at the College World Series was amazing. Like, it was – they treated us like big leaguers there, which was really cool. Uh, and the amount of fans out there I hadn't – until a Futures game, that was the most fans I'd ever played in front of was the College World Series. And uh, it was really – it was a really cool experience, even though we went two and out. It was the best two and out you could have, you know. Yeah, yeah well, you have those those teams that stay around quite a bit, like the Fullertons and all of that. Washington yeah. doesn't make it all too often, so I mean that's that's quite an experience for sure. It was it was really cool in Seattle because that was a, that was the first time we even went past a regional in in school history. So um, to be a part of that and uh, kind of make your mark in in college and uh, paved the paved the way a little bit for the guys coming behind you was uh it was pretty special it was it was awesome yeah Kirk and I uh, we grew up in Nebraska so we went to the College World Series quite a bit so we know that atmosphere cool. really well and it's um for anybody to experience it as a fan or a player is is something special for sure no doubt no doubt I actually went there as a fan when I was. 10 or 11 years old, we had a U-Triple-S-A tournament in Omaha during the College World Series. So we went there. It was when South Carolina won it, and Jackie Bradley Jr. was was the dude. Um, I think UCLA was also out there, I, I forget, and TCU. And it was, it was really fun. Just I remember that being outside the stadium, and there's all those, like, tents where they're selling gear and food. And uh, awesome. To be able to play in that was even better. Yeah, it gets crazy out there. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm sure the vibe's a little different when you're an adult rather than a 10-year-old. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I can assume that probably, like, prepared you for this kind of competition, too, like, being in that environment, highly competitive. Like, that's very valuable experience, don't you think? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's you, you learn. There's no way to learn how to play under pressure than really playing under pressure a lot. And that's what the, the Pac-12 and, and postseason college baseball is able to give. A lot of us who are, um, you know, in throughout pro ball have had those experiences in the College World Series and Super Regionals. And, and that's, that's really when you get better, especially mentally. You know, the, to be able to slow the game down in those situations is, is something that you can kind of take with you when you're going to a little less high pressure situations, even though, you know, every game, every game's intense, you know, but yeah. when you're playing in front of 25, 30,000 people, you can't, you can't lie. Like it is a little different. Like there's no doubt about that. The game can get a little faster. And so that's when you have to be especially good mentally. So do you ever get nervous for games anymore? You get nervous for every game? I would, I would say it's more of like a, an excitement and uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say nervous, but you still get those, you know, little butterflies in your stomach, like right before you hit and take the field, especially in Hartford, you're still playing within a lot in front of a lot of fans. Um, so yeah, there's no doubt. I would say more excitement and maybe a little bit of anxiousness uh, as opposed to being nervous. But uh, every game is, is exciting, especially you get in the dugout with your pitcher. You got your plan going into the first inning. Um, it's, it's what we love to do. And so every day there's excitement, there's anxiety. It's, and then so it's about calming those, those emotions down that uh, separates the, the good ones from the great ones. Yeah. So um, do, you, do you watch a lot of baseball out in your free time? Do you, do you follow the big leagues? I mean, um, the reason I ask is Anthony Rendon, a long time ago, famously stated that he didn't care about baseball very much and was one of the best players um, yeah. in the last decade. So I'm just curious, um, do you watch a lot of baseball? Are you really knowledgeable about it? I, I do watch a good amount of baseball, like especially during spring training. We had a little more like because our days were a little earlier in spring training during the season. It's kind of hard. You don't really get to watch baseball because when they're playing, you're playing, too. So it's, it's hard to be, but I do watch the highlights of uh, games and I love watching, obviously I love watching guys hit homers. I love watching, uh, paying attention to catchers and how they go about their business. I was just, uh, one of our pitchers, David Hill sent me a, uh, video yesterday about it was JT Real Muto and Zach Wheeler and kind of how they were going about, uh, calling a game and setting up and, and, uh, pitch selection. So I, I like to watch stuff like that just to learn from those guys. Obviously some of the best in the game. It's always good to keep your eye on them. Um, but I would say I'm a big baseball fan compared. Not everybody is though. You know, there's a good amount of guys who don't like to watch baseball. That's fine. You know, you know we play a lot of baseball too. Um, and I would say my favorite sport to watch is football. And we got fantasy football season coming up. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, basketball too. 49er fan, Golden State Warriors fan. So um, excited about the NBA draft, excited about the upcoming football season. Uh, it's going to be a good year for the 49ers. Yeah. How about the, how about college football? You college football college, guy? Yeah, I like college football. I would say I, li I like the NFL more, but I love to watch like the UW games are great. 
Um, we used to have some really fun tailgates in college and the, the atmosphere at those football games is, is awesome too. So I love college football. Um, I'm not, some guys are more like into college football than me, but I still like to watch the games on Saturday, but NFL, I'm like super big fan of the NFL. Yeah. We're only about a week away from, from live football games. So I'm pretty excited about that as well. I'm excited too. Just kind of going back to what you said, how like you're playing when they're playing. So it's hard to watch. Like that's, that's a pretty good problem to have. Considering, yeah, like, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. No like doubt. You're doing it for a living. And I'm sure that's just the most insane feeling. Um, what I saw some of your past uh, questions answered at uh, University of Washington that you were a big Posey fan. No, oh, yeah. Posey. yeah is that, is that your idol growing up and who you kind of idolize your game after? There is no doubt uh, Buster Posey was a big um, – I was a huge Buster Posey fan, big idol of mine because he was coming up when I was – I was like well, 11, 12 years old, and that's when uh, the Giants were – I was a big Giants fan. Obviously, I'm not a Giants fan anymore. don't like those guys at all. <laughs> but, uh, good answer, good answer. I, I was a huge Buster Posey fan and definitely a guy – I love to watch another guy who is a giant and a Philly, Aaron Rowan, who not a little less people know, but I, he was my favorite player uh, because of the way he played the game, his toughness. Um, he would just like, there's a classic video of him running into the fence in Philadelphia and breaking his nose. Uh, he's just, oh, yeah. he's awesome. Yeah, he was so I, I loved him. He was insane. He's like, kind of like how Kevin Pilar is now. Right. Just, right. Constantly bleeding from the face somehow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Gritty player, toughness, um, you know, earned everything he got. So, loved watching him. But from a catching standpoint, Buster Posey, obviously, one of the best. Um, Yadier Molina, too, I'm watching Yeah, and Buster's having a huge comeback year right now. So, it's, it's been fun to, to watch him get some of his magic back. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always good to see him. He's still doing it, and I think that year off helped him out a lot uh, physically. So it's good to see. Um, so when you, when you were at um, University of Washington, you answered some questions. So we have some of the answers, and these are just kind of our fun questions to kind of top off the interview. But um, um, one of them was, what's your greatest baseball memory? Do you remember what you what you said then, and is it still true, or do you have newer ones? Probably the Futures game, well, obviously. It, it depends uh, what year the interview was, because if you just said before we went to the College World Series. I, I would say it was I, definitely before then. Okay. Would it be winning my high school uh, championship? 2014-2015 North Coast Section Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was – I knew it. Um, yeah, that was – I loved – we – in high school, we had a pretty good team. And uh, we won – the section was as far as you could go in California because the state was too big to do state championships. So, um, we won that back-to-back, -back, and it was a really big deal for us in high school. So, definitely, that was my best memory before going to the College World Series. And I would say between the College World Series and the Futures game, it's kind of tough. It's my favorite memory. 
Well, futures game is the the freshest one, right? So yeah, yeah, that's tough. I would those those two are on the same pedestal. I the College World Series is extra special though because it was kind of we succeeded something as a team, you know. And, yeah, and especially something that you nothing, haven't done. Yeah, it, there's nothing better than that. Like you can't. But at the same time, you know, playing at Coors Field in the futures game in front of the home fans was something that was really special and getting to experience the big league clubhouse and the big league cafeteria was it was awesome I think that place was great that place was that place it, it definitely gives you a little motivation to get up get up to the big leagues because it is uh a one everything everything in denver how they handled the whole star weekend was just awesome um so that's it's uh, a really tough it's a really tough question I would honestly, yeah. though, if I had to pick one, I would have to say the College World Series just because of how close, closely knit that team was and experience that with all your – basically, college is like your brothers. Like those guys, you're because you're forced to play with those guys for three years, at least most of them, and you build these lifetime bonds with those guys. Um, not that you don't in pro ball in the minor leagues, too. Like I've made some friends here in the minor leagues that, you know, they'll be friends go to mine and stuff like that but um it's just a little different in college because you go through the whole the fall conditioning together and you're doing school together and and um, they're really like it's it's so much more important to win in college than obviously it's important to win in, in pro ball too but there's a lot of development going on whereas in college you're kind of giving up everything and sacrificing everything for the team so I would say I'd have to say the College World Series my best memory ever. Still, yeah, in pro ball, it's just a lot more individual success, and you know, guys with you're with now, who knows where they might be soon? You know, exactly. they might be in Hartford, exactly. uh, they might not. So it's a little harder to build those relationships. I bet. Yeah. Um, is there anybody? Everyone... Is there anybody from your high school that you're coming up with now that you're playing against or still in pro ball? Um, or got to yeah, ball? we got one of my teammates in high school is probably and he's till this day probably my best friend we work out in the off seasons trevor larnick who's a outfielder with the twins right now he's in the big leagues is rookie right now and he's doing a really good job for them right now so i'm excited to see that especially someone me and him used to get up real early in high school and go work out and, and hit in the cages together so to see him finally get to the big leagues has been it's been awesome so like i really like I'm watching those twins games more than any, more than anything, or almost as much as the Rockies games too, just because I want to see a checkup on him and how he's doing. Another one of my teammates who was kind of a, um, he was another one of my closest friends till this day. Uh, he's with the A's and I believe he is in single A right now, but he was our, he was our best player in high school. He was the pitcher named Joe Demers. He also went with to Washington with me. So we're like, we're super close. Um, but he was carried, he carried our high school team. He threw three no hitters that year uh, in our senior year, batted like 470 with eight homers. It was just, he did it all. And uh, again, he, he was one of our, the keys to our Washington team going to the college road series too. So uh, just to see the success that, and these guys are my, I mean, we've been playing together since we were eight years old. So it's always, it's always just been compete, win, win just trying to win everything. And, and we did win a lot when we were younger because we were just so fortunate to have the talent that we did. Um, 
and to see those guys succeeding and still doing well is it's pretty surreal, honestly. And uh, something that I think when I'm older, I'll think back on it. I feel like that's is pretty awesome. Um, but right now we're still going through it and there's still a lot of work to be done. So um, our focus is more on, you know, getting better as players than kind of looking back into the past. Yeah. Um, so one of the other, the other things that you answered was your hobbies. There's three of them. You mentioned one of them already. Do you remember the other two? Or do you remember the first one? <laughs> is it golf? Uh, fantasy football was the first one. And then golf, golf wasn't on there. There's another sport on there though. Shooting hoops, basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball. Um, yeah, and then I you got really basketball around that. I can shoot still. I'm a shooter. I imagine the, the team doesn't like you guys balling too much. No, no, we don't. We don't play much basketball. But if, if I get a, see a basketball and got a hoop, I'm going to take some shots. There's no doubt about that. But I, so I can't believe I didn't put golf in there because golf is like when I'm, I, I must have just spaced it out because when I'm home, me and my dad and brother golf as much as, like, as, much as possible. In the off season, we'll probably go at least twice a week to go golf. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not that good, but I, I'm shooting, I'm averaging the 90 to 100 range. I've shot an 83 before, but that was, it was from the white tees, but I still count it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I love to golf, love to shoot hoops. Um, obviously Sundays are fantasy football days. Um, and then really I love getting out of the house, hiking, um, being outdoors that's i don't like to i do i do I'll, i will play a little bit of madden but i'm not the, uh, i'm not a huge video game guy but because i just i don't know i like being outside yeah that was the other one you had up was was madden so i was gonna ask you how your how your stick game is recently but it doesn't sound like you're playing i, I haven't been i left my playstation at home because i've been moving around too much but um off season, I'll get back on it. And I don't think I'll put myself up against anybody in a game of Madden. <laughs> Often I like it. Yeah. Um, and then the last question is, and, and you know, maybe this might change, but um, why do you love baseball? Shoot, baseball is my life. I'm probably guaranteed up with that. That's all. I, that's all. That's I exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. 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 It is. It still is to this day. I mean. It's all, I, it's all I think about pretty much nonstop. Even if I'm thinking about fantasy football, baseball is still in the back of my mind. Doing dry reps all the time. Uh, just, I love it. Like, it's, it's, I don't see myself ever doing anything else with, like, you know, whether it's playing or coaching or um, just being in, involved in the game somehow. That's uh, what I do. It's what I love. Yeah, I mean, uh, even for us that aren't nearly as talented, but we just love being around the game. And I still umpire. I, I hate, I hated umpiring for a long time, but now I just really like it because it's my only way to kind of be around the game. Yeah, you know, my dad, my dad umpires too, so he, I, I totally understand that. Uh, he does there, high school some, and junior college games and stuff like that. There's some wild stories that go into that, but either they love you or they hate you. There's no in between. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, someone's got to get mad at the close calls. Yeah. So, um, well, I think that's all the questions I have. Kirk, you got anything you want to follow up on? No, I think that's a good good place to end. Uh, yeah, well, it's great. Uh, 
it's great getting to know you a little bit and um, it's fun watching you. Um, we hope we get to talk to you again soon and um, we wish you a lot of success going forward here. Thank you yeah, guys. We'll, I really we'll appreciate it. Be, we'll be following along rooting for you. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. August, August is going to be a good month for us. We're going to get this thing rolling and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to get back out on the field tomorrow. All right, let's do it. Improve on that golf game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Have a good one. See ya. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Find more content at blakestreetbanter.com. Smile yeah. a lot. You can tell he, he loves talking about baseball. It's cool that like all of all of his answers were based around like team accomplishments, like the World Series, like everything was just like, I just want to win. You know, it's like, that's fucking dope, you know? Well, not only that, but I mean, he really liked, he really liked talking up teammates too. Like, yeah, he has fun watching other people do really well at a game that he loves. Yeah. And that's what, like, he's perfect to play catcher. Like you could just, he had an interview with him as like, who are we going to draft at catcher? Like, how do you not fucking draft that dude? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's legit. I really hope he, hope we see him soon. Yeah.